Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Everybody, welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado, and I like to say great relationships begin within. I am a relationship specialist for those of you just joining us for the first time, and what that really means is I am just an activist for great relationships, starting with a relationship with yourself. Um, I love relationships. We are relational creatures, and my interest spans relationship with the divine, with ourselves, with each other an intimate partnership, you name it, if it's about relationship, I'm into it. And today we have joining us uh, Robert Williams. He's written a book called Love is the Power, uh, his journey to heal the heart of humanity is what we're going to be talking about this hour. His relationship with saving the world, essentially, and how we, we can all do that, he says. And he's going to explain to us how technology can help energetic um, dynamics can help and all of that and what you can do about it, what, what's already being done about it and how to stay open to that field of love to help us do that. But before we get there, what I like to do at the top of the program is invite folks to cultivate their practice, taking it out of that intellectual realm, which is important, understanding concepts and so forth, but really bringing it into the embodied practice where we practice and do it together. Uh, one of the ways I like to do that is to invite you to find your breath so you can get more present if you're already present, or if you're not quite present, you can begin to arrive. And one of the ways we can do that is just noticing our breath. There's nothing necessarily to do about it unless you feel some pull to follow your breath and deepen your breath. You just notice the quality of your breath. You can feel your breath coming through your nose, your mouth. Maybe you're breathing through your third eye. Maybe you have other techniques that I'm unaware of. Do that. (laughs) Whatever brings you back into this moment, into the presence of yourself and feeling the pulse of humanity, that you are nature. We've got another believer, Robert Williams, joining us today. We are nature. We are pulsing. We're part of everything. All of that stuff, just taking time to remember or re-remember. Oh, I don't know about you, but my shoulders generally drop about four inches away from my earlobes at this point. My nervous system starts to calm. I don't know about yours, but you might notice that. It's one of the many benefits of just turning your attention inward into your breath, and it is a really great way to increase your practice, enhance your practice, deepen your practice. So keep breathing in and out. The next part of our practice 
we like to focus on here in Marian Live is cultivating a perception or perspective of gratitude and not in that cliche way, unless you're really into cliches, which is awesome. I'm not going to try to stop you. Whatever your gratitude train is, if you know how to get on it, get on it. For the rest of us who sometimes struggle with that, we really are overwhelmed by what life is presenting at this time or in general. I like to say some of us didn't get that happy gene where you wake up bouncing off the walls. We have to work a little harder. And gratitude really does help. Uh, it's one of those universal kind of fields of energy we find that uh, when we tap in, things shift and change. Life becomes more magical, spacious, open. We feel connected. We feel less self-centered in the, in the way that we don't want to be. Um, so one of the invitations I would offer is to bring to mind heart and soul, someone or something that has helped you do what you're doing right now or what you've just done. I like to talk about breakfast as one way to find your way through the portal of gratitude. Who helped make that food all the way back to the seeds? You know, let's not get all political here. I don't know what kind of seeds grow your food, and this isn't a Monsanto show. I'm just saying, nature, gratitude for nature, people planting, harvesting, washing, packaging, caring, picking, preparing. All of that, just following that. Or you could talk about the electronic device you're using to yourself, the radio station that we have here, how we can transmit positive talk radio, whatever it is, find your way there. I'm actually feeling really grateful for family today, particularly grateful for um, all the sacrifices my family has made back and back and back and back until I'm related to everyone. Just the things that we do for each other that we don't have to, but we do out of love. I'm feeling grateful for that today. So uh, on that note, I'm going to go down our short list of folks who make this program possible that I'm super grateful for, as always, uh, at the global level, the One World Children's Fund.org. If you're online, they are busy uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. At the national level, we're sponsored by the National Action Organization committed to changing the way our culture values each other. No small job there. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And at the local level, love to shout out your Open Secret Bookstore in Centerville, California. So many of us have grown up there, evolved, awakened, fallen back asleep, gone again to hear the next greatest whoever who had some pearls of wisdom to help us stay awake. Love that place. Big shout to Rob and Porter and everybody else over there. Um, and you might find a book like Robert Williams. You might even find his book there. Our guest today, Love is the Power, One Man's Journey to Heal the Heart of Humanity. While you're getting present, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Robert Williams. He's considered one of the world's foremost experts in subtle energy engineering and technology. We're going to talk about what that means. He's an author, a musician, an educator, an inventor of quantum code technology, in addition to teaching music at the university level, Robert recorded and performed with the Beach Boys, Paul Horn, and Charles Lloyd. After having a near-death experience in 1979, Robert devoted all of his time and energy 
towards researching consciousness and subtle energy along with conventional physics and medicine. Um, he wants to know what happens when we live all emotions, thoughts, and body feelings as love as opposed to just searching for love. Uh, we're free to give to others without need or fear, he says, and that love is the power and pure heart consciousness. Robert leads us in his book into the intimate journey of his life through the vivid memories of his unique childhood, an inspiring account of his talent and perseverance as a saxophone player, and his introduction to TM, Transcendental Meditation, his magical time performing and recording with the Beach Boys and the extraordinary journey through the multiple near-death experiences and visits with other dimensions, which culminated in three decades of research and invention of quantum code technology and the heart app. Uh, he says the fact that we're uh, able to develop a proven technology to strengthen our physical hearts as well as serve in the awakening of our spiritual heart is, for him, an indication that we truly can raise consciousness through technology. Love is a power, not about the search for love, romantic or otherwise, rather. It's about being love, and he's here with us, joining us today to talk about his book and how we can be a part of this healing journey. Welcome to the program, Robert. We're so glad you're here. Thank you, Marianne. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, thank you. Love, love being able to transmit any kind of support or uh, whatever to help us stay awake through technology. So I love your premise. We can't wait to hear more about it, right? We Using the media for good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of not that, but we're not focusing on that today. We're going to talk a little bit about your book in terms of uh, the impetus for writing your book. Obviously, you've had a really incredible journey, um, but what made you want to put it down? Because that's an epic journey in and of itself. It's like a hero's journey writing a book. Um, I, first of all, I, I love your introduction and the process you took me and your uh, listeners through. The, uh, and it, 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 the whole idea that we are relational creatures and that we are always in relationship with something, with our own thoughts, with our own sensations. I wrote the book um, because uh, the, there's two answers to that. One, I had a friend in Australia who kept, who was so fascinated with the various stories of, that I had experienced that you got to write this down and keep bugging me for last. I love it. You had a <laughs> book cheerleader. That's yeah, those book cheerleader. It wasn't too metaphysical on that level. It's just, come on, dude, write the book. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, although everything is related to everything else. The other, yeah. the other um, what started to happen right off in sitting down and writing was in spite of me, there is a collective awakening happening that wants to express itself more and more, that wants to, based on the reality of our relationships with each other and our relationship with self and thoughts, there's a, there's a bridge worm in terms of consciousness. And that the, really the whole book was written based on the phase transition, I guess you could say, possible for humanity and the, the, uh, the opportunity that we have in how we place our attention, where we place our attention, mm -hmm. and how we relate to self and 
reality, quote-unquote, outside of ourselves. And the, the book, um, as I was writing, certainly I have interesting stories. That's, you know, that was kind of like a, a frosting. You, know, you, could, you could find interest in, in my stories, but the value of the book goes far beyond that. And I began to write, um, it wasn't really channeling, but I began to write as if I was voicing the knowledge and importance of this time from the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I actually felt I was writing just like transcribing the voice of humanity, transcribing the voice of our collective relational interactions with each other and with our own reality right now and where we're going. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I uh, found that uh, connection, and I wouldn't write unless I found it, then it just flowed out. And if you've seen the book, those, those um, narratives were in italics, they're invented. Uh, they were my best effort to get out of the way and allow mm-hmm. the wisdom of this bridge we're on to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Thank you for that, Robert. There's a, there's a lot packed in there. A couple of things that occur to me is that a lot of the experts and, you know, the big think tanks and the, the geniuses that are coming forward today are talking about this major um, ontological and epistemological shift that's happening on the planet. You know, how we know reality and how we know that we know reality, right? Like, what, what does that even mean? And you call it a a shift from one paradigm to the other. One of the things that's consistently coming forward through your book and other people's uh, efforts to tap in, right, to what's happening, is this idea of dual awareness. If we're at a time where that, you know, look at, we were a collectivist uh, society for however many years, right, up until the, uh, you know, we, we weren't. <laughs> I'm not going to pinpoint that date, but right. until we became on the path of individuation, which we look at that as sort of the birth of Western society, although people argue that that was happening in other parts of the world. But anyway, the point is is that then we were individuating, and now that there's this sort of sense of that, you know, Carl Jung sort of coined the phrase of the collective conscious, but the, the idea of straddling both, that's the, the paradox of your work, of people... Um, uh, that are speaking to us today, and we are being invited to hold that tension so that you did that while writing your book, I think is really cool. You know, being aware that you are not aware is one thing, but being aware of both realms at the same time, that's a trip, right? It is a trip, <laughs> and, it, and it's, it's energizing. When we yeah. tap into the collective, when we tap in, tap in, and specifically collective, there are all kinds of things happening on the planet, and as we speak, there's horrible things, tragedies, and suffering. At the same time, concurrent with, you could say, the dark side of humanity, there is a reality in our collective hearts that is beginning to open and beginning to show itself after a long time of kind of being very, very hidden and secret and and only showing itself in, in particular places. But that, um, that is actually a phenomenon that nature has programmed, or maybe that's not the right word, has innate, the intrinsic um, 
progression that nature has to follow, that nature and the earth and all of us are nature, part of nature, our bodies come out of the earth, our consciousness joins with our, our physical forms, and then there's that relationship between our own consciousness, which is not bound by the body, but um, encouraged, if not even demanding, a more full incarnation with our physical forms, individually and collectively. And that is because it's the time for that. It's just the phase uh, of that next highest level of mm-hmm. consciousness for humanity. Not that it's it's easy, not that it's um, obvious in, in all ways. That's the bridge we're on. Yeah. In my research, I actually found that this was the, the intention of, of Earth and humanity, is to live a life from the heart, not dismissing any of the, any of the other chakras, or certainly not dismissing our individuality and our personal goals and personal lives, but in fact enhancing our personalness, our individuality, along with a realization that we are one heart expressed in what is it now seven billion ways and yeah, how, right. that, how that can can transform our very reality is completely beyond our individual mind so that's yeah the well, i want to unpack that a little bit too with you because the way that you got to that understanding is no small thing i mean the whole book is pretty much about that awakened state for yourself because like when when Somebody might be listening to that thinking, okay, the earth has an intention, because we anthropomorphize everything, which in, right. in some ways you are. You're saying the earth is autonomous, right? It's autonomous and we're all connected. Again, that, that paradoxical way of looking at this is, how could, you know, the earth has an intention, well, how can that be? Well, let's, tar- let's start to talk about that and unpack how you came to this realization, because ultimately, that's what we all need to kind of do in our own way to recognize what's happening, whether we want to be on the train or not, in a way, right? That's, yes. that's the kind of the interesting part. So when did you first start to recognize that there were uh, subtle energies? Because you talked about yourself as a subtle energy and technology uh, expert, foremost one for that matter. Uh, and not to say that you grew, didn't grow up in the perfect time. There was a lot of... Uh, free thinking going on in a way that it really uh, lent to your ability to, to, you know, kind of traverse this this realm. But but how did it start for you? The, you know, back to your introduction, where we put our attention on our breath, and we we actually can change the rate of our breathing. It's 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 an amazing, unique quality as a human being. Um, some of us can even change our heart rate with our with our intention and even even other bodily functions. But the breath is the key. So when I was when I was um, growing up, and this is where it gets into a debate whether it was all in my imagination or was it real. But when I uh, yeah, well, let me stop you and say uh, yeah, yeah, many yeah, many people would argue like Henri Corbin, the imaginal realm. Uh, you know, many many people would suggest that the imaginal realm is alive like psyche. So, you know, imagination, maybe not. Imaginal, probably. But sorry, I had to yeah. throw, throw yeah, that no, out right. there. And, and, and 
it doesn't matter. I had a, a, a very interesting debate, just a quick aside. I had a very interesting debate with a, um, uh, a psychologist who was who read my book and said, you know, it was because of the chemistry in your brain and the central brain core and this and that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. Once I said, well, uh, what about when you get three or four people who are able to see clairvoyantly and they're really honest and they report the same thing? Well, it's this, it's still, everybody had this brain chemistry. It, it really, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is relationship. And our consciousness, once it appears as an individual shape and form after we wake up from deep sleep begins to interact and relate to our own lives starting with our our very breath if we if we pay attention so when i was a child i did uh see things that others didn't and, and my parents thought they were imaginary friends i thought they were absolutely real these were nature spirits and plant davis and, and different beans that I saw in, the, in my backyard. We had a pretty cool backyard, a lot of plants, garden, trees. Um, one of the beings that consistently showed up, uh, his name was James. This is when I was quite young, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in those years. He would uh, take me around the, the backyard and show me different things and show the similarities of the natural the snails and the birds and so forth. I know we have a break coming up, and I, but one of the things that he taught me to do was breathe consciously, breathe. <laughs> what, what a great invitation, you know. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but it's life-changing. Hey, everybody, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. More with Robert Williams right here in Marion Live. Love is the power. Keep breathing that in and out. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered, ordered No, no more, more Love, love life, life Drama, drama for, for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. 
Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. .com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody. Hey, have you ever seen an imaginal bean or had a little imaginary friend as a kid or maybe you talk to spirits or any, you know, fill in the blank. You are in the right place, okay? <laughs> it, means you, it may mean you have a direct line to spirit, to the collective unconscious, to the bigger than that little I. And so many of us are just incredibly relieved that, A, we're not the only one, and, B, we're gathering together, and, C, all the way through Z, what is coming as a result of tapping into those subtle energies is what we're talking about today. Um, author Robert Williams is joining us. He's written a book, Love is the Power, Moving Humanity from Fear to Love. We're doing it together. So right before we went to break, Robert, you were talking about being in your backyard and uh, Jing, Jing, right, J-I-N-G, right? It was, yep. uh, it was some, a being that had caught your attention early on, and uh, so let's continue. So he would he would take me around and show me different things. Um, for instance, when the snails came out, we had a lot of snails. He would show he, he, would, he would really just uh, interesting. Most of his communication was gesturing and like uh, and telepathic. There, you know, I couldn't re- mm-hmm. I can remember his communication, but didn't speak like mm-hmm. like a human. So he would show these different snails, and, and, and finally I realized that he was trying to show how the shell of the snail were all similar, and then he would point to the shell and then point to how plants were growing. Years later, um, I, I understood that the geometries of a snail shell, I had to say that 20 times to get it right, snail <laughs> shell, yeah. uh, the, the geometries were the same, are the same geometries in which plants follow their uh, mm-hmm. their uh, evolution from seed to sprout to mm-hmm. stem to leaf mm-hmm. and even to, to flower. And certainly I didn't know it at the time, but later found out that it's similar geometries in our DNA and some of the same geometries in how our cells and our bodies uh, propagate. Yeah. So these are, these were, uh, and but we, we talked about breathing. So, so when Jing... Would, sometimes would come up, he just he would hold his hands down and, like, put his hand over his, his mouth. And I, and I understood, I, okay, I can stop breathing. I, or I can slow. I can slow my breathing. I can mm-hmm. affect my breathing. And, he, and then when I got that, when I was consciously breathing, I must have been eight years old, he got so excited and so excited. And he was jumping. He said, you know, that's, that's one of the keys of 
enlightenment. That's one of the keys of this planet is that you, me, as a human being, can actually consciously breathe. And maybe with the exception of dolphins and, and whales, maybe, humans are the only species that we know of that can consciously, that have that awareness. Not only are we the only humans that can consciously breathe, we're the only type of living thing in this local earth that uh, have evolved with different languages, evolved in a way that, uh, that is geographically uh, relevant with the cultures and so forth. The breath, and then we can speak because we can control our breathing, and then that leads us to what's behind our speech. It's thinking, it's, uh, it's emotion. This realm of possibilities, these, this realm of variation, and the realm of how we can affect those qualities of our thinking, our emotions, how we can interact, how we can relate to full range of emotion is one of the keys of uh, this time of Earth, and it is specifically related to, you mentioned paradox earlier. The only way, first of all, the, the mind cannot, cannot reconcile a paradox. So if, if the mind, if our thinking mind hears, uh, how can uh, something be black and white at the same time? How can something be mm-hmm. uh, good and bad at the same time? Or, you know, paradoxes. Uh, the mind just it, it can't do that. It wants to decide. It wants to conclude one versus the other. The heart, however, the heart chakra, the informational potential of that particular energy center in the center of our bodies and center of our chest, always is reconciling paradoxes. Is always looking at collective and individual relationships at the same time. How can we reconcile me being an individual and me being one with all of life? The heart can do that, not the mind. And so what what was so thrilling to hear your introduction, Marianne, is that we are now able to cultivate that, uh, that gift of the heart, reconciling our uh, our our thoughts and breathing that if we weren't paying attention but just be at the effect of forces from the past, patterns, habits, mass consciousness, you know, the media, what's on the news, whatever, and then our breathing is at the effect of these. If we're aware of that, then that is a huge, huge step in a collective awakening. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was reading through your book, that was the and just listening to what you had said um, a minute ago, and now um, paying attention seems to be a very strong theme through your life. Um, the, the quality of attention, your eight-year-old attention, right, and, and continuing to follow that. Um, and, and then I was thinking about the metaphor of of the seed to the seedling to the sprout to the flower. It's sort of like your life was about that, and because you paid attention, you blossomed and found uh, things that can help the rest of humanity. I'm curious, um, on that note, if we each have our own way of doing that, or can we miss it? 
I mean, can we really, because of self-will, yeah. just say, yeah, I'm not paying attention? And, and then how does that, I know this, these are two questions here, but, and then how does that either stop or hinder life's unfolding that you talk about, the planet's intention? We can certainly miss it for a while, but eventually there's a, uh, a law of nature that will override the uh, resistance to it, and, we're, and we haven't reached that point. But, but let's, let's um, you brought up the plan. I want to, uh, so that we're all talking about, we all understand what we're, what we're talking about here. And, yeah. And, you know, so I, I know. <laughs> this is such so, a trivial conversation. So well, deeply yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like, who's going to win the next ball game? I'm just wondering that, too, you know. Um, <laughs> complexity of human nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love this. I love your show, Marianne. So, okay, it, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, subject we're on. When, when a seed hits the ground, it's we can say that's uh, that's a phase of development for the rose. Let's say it's a rose seed, rose bush seed. So the seed stays a seed a long time relative to all the other phases, and then. Some mysterious, let's call it this mysterious force of nature, says it's time for that seed to give way to the to the sprout. And so we've seen this over and over as as farmers and horticulturists, gardeners. We actually, anyway, we we I don't know if we've actually seen the seed, but we we've, we've seen time lapse photography. Yeah. The seed breaks open, the sprout comes out. So there's a phase transition right now. The sprout then innately knows which way to go, and there are environmental factors, of course. The seed then, I mean, the sprout then goes into its stem phase. Let's just, this is so fascinating to me. The definition of a paradigm is that it, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a consistent exchange of energy and structural stability. That's the definition of a paradigm. And... After the break, I'm going to come back because this really gets fascinating. This All right, everybody. Yeah, hold that Hold that thought, that paradigm, sitting in the paradoxical paradigm, epistemological shift. <laughs> yeah. Or get a cup of tea. We'll be right back right after yeah. these messages. More with Robert Williams right here on Marion Live. Back in just a second. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. All right, everybody. You know what? Sometimes I wish my show went right through the break so you could hear all the wild and wonderful things that I get to talk to my guests about behind the scenes. Awesome. All right. Anyway, we're back. Robert Williams is here with us, and uh, he's written a book, Love is the Power, 
Uh, we were talking about the very trivial idea of paradox, uh, what, what consists of a paradox and how that relates to what's happening on the planet, what we can do about it. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, we're, we're laying some groundwork. All right, so let's pick it up, Robert, from where we left. So we have learned in – it was one of the actually few things that I learned in high school that this fascinating paradigm that a plant – that a, this rose bush is going through when it becomes green. It's, it's a <clears throat> consistent structure and energy exchange. All right, so the, what does that mean? It, the, plant, the green plants give out oxygen, which we breathe, and then the, we breathe out carbon dioxide, which they breathe. I thought, I, I, you know, I remember like, what? Who could have thought of that? Wow. So, yeah. so that is a paradigm phase, back to the rose bush. So when it's green, the green stem the green leaves, prior to each change, there is an increase of disorder, by the way. This is how nature works. Yeah. You know, the seed is very stable, very ordered, and then there's a, it breaks open and it's not ordered at all. It's a big, now it's crumbled yeah. back into the earth. Like and what's happening see, now, in case you betcha. You got it. You're so ahead. Of <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the, we were all putting it. We needed to point it out, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so, guess what? phase of the rose is preceded by the greatest disorder. The greatest breakdown of order is right before the rose flower actually comes out of the bud. Mm-hmm. And at that point, too, this is, the, this is cool. At that point, the paradigm of the rose bush changes. Mm-hmm. No longer does the rose flower exchange energy like the green stem and leaves. No longer does it take in carbon dioxide and give out oxygen. The paradigm of the rose flower is to give out this beautiful fragrance, and it just gives, it actually doesn't need anything itself. It's, it, those were previous phases. It's a, it's a small but beautiful phase of that rose bush where it's giving out, and the bees come and the insects, and we look at it, we go, oh my goodness, look at this beautiful rose, and the geometries in which the rose unfolds. Why do we think? They are beautiful because those are the same geometries back in the backyard with the snails and Jing and our own DNA and our own mm. way our bodies from nature have progressed to this point. So we're actually looking at a aspect, a higher aspect or a certain beautiful aspect of our very selves when we're looking at the rose flower. And in many ways throughout nature, we see these geometries. We are seeing beautiful things. And the reason why we think and feel mm-hmm. beyond our minds, we didn't, how many people voted here, you know, let's, let's vote. Yeah, right. Is this rose beautiful? You know, it's a yeah. perfect rose, let's yeah. say. How yeah. many people, you know, is it, yeah. we don't have to vote. It is built into our system. What about a sunset? What about the beauty of the beach and mountains and trees? Nobody mm-hmm. votes on that. Nobody decides whether they, it is beautiful because those, the resonance that we are experiencing in those natural environments, is our very cells, is the very structure of our bodies, our physical incarnation, and even our way our consciousness works in its various domains. So um, paradigm shift. So the plant follows what's called subtle informational fields. So it's not just a random thing. We obviously, we've, there's no two roses alike, but they're similar. They are following a blueprint. You don't see anything close to resembling the rose flower when you look at a seed. 
But there's a, and you don't, even same with the stem or the leaves. Now let's look at that law of nature. Let's look at that, that progression. Humanity is nature itself. It is part of nature. We are all part of nature. We could say in holographically we are in totality nature. Nature has different seasons. Nature, nature has different phases. There are some cycles in nature that are, in, if you're looking at atomic physics, uh, one billionth of a second, something happens and then it goes back. In macro uh, investigation, we see that some cycles are billions of years, you know, and there's some plants that, that uh, blossom once every 800 years. So it depends on what we're talking about, the length of these cycles. What I found is that built into the very holographic reality of human beings is a blossoming of consciousness. It is a blueprint that is already there, that's always been there, latent. Just like the blueprint for the flower was there when the seed was doing its thing, but it was latent. It wasn't being adhered to because the environmental conditions and the phases and the seasons have not reached uh, that point. Here we are as humans. We can control our breath. We can place our attention consciously at different things. The heart is the intelligent energy center that gives us information or gives us blueprints for possibilities, gives us creative blueprints and blueprints for our own conscious realities or domains. So this order precedes paradigm shifts and even chaos. And there's a breaking down of a structure that had been stabilized prior in caterpillar. That's a great one, too. We've all heard of the mm -hmm. caterpillar and the butterfly. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so the, the very cells that are resisting the transformation of the caterpillar, they're the nervous system. The caterpillar wants to maintain its existence for the longest time as a caterpillar that's you know, crawling around with fur and and then there's an overriding field of intelligence that says, I'm sorry, I know you're really happy there as that little caterpillar, but there's something greater, and you've got to let go into it. You've got to, you know. Mm -hmm. So as humans, we're feeling that upon us. We're feeling the higher vibratory possibility. Our systems, and I, you're right, we're not going to talk politics or right or wrong or anything, just the whole system of society mm -hmm. is being shaken. Mm -hmm. it, it, this order is, you could say that, the, you know, the blossoming is, is happening. Mm -hmm. What is so beautiful about being a human being, the fact that we can put our attention here and there, is that we can co-create. We can actually participate in the outcome of this phase transition of humanity. That's where your show comes in. Each of us in our personal lives and our individual uh, realities as we participate in relationship with our own thinking, in relationship with our emotions, in relationship with people, others, animals, that is the key on our own signature for the outcome of this phase transition mm -hmm. that, is, that is upon us right now. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? It is not only cool, it is so worthwhile to dwell upon this reality. You know, so often we're, you know, in our culture, we're so split off in the mind. We like reductive, hurry up, tell me the bottom line, blah, blah, blah. 
But there's something so gorgeous when we unpack and sort of reel around, um, uh, as my assistant or manager would call, noodling around in, into this area. It, it just like it, it really awakens the the deeper senses. And one, I don't know about you, but you just sort of melt into the, the greater field of reality. You can feel the truth of what you're saying, and uh, and it matters. It, it shapes us. And informs us. And you said a key phrase. And this is this is not me being a humble guy, a nice guy. I mean, hopefully I'm humble and I'm nice. But it is really <laughs> yeah. a it is really all of us in our in our individual lives that sometimes we feel separated and alone and. Like whatever whatever I'm doing is not making an effect. We are all in this together, no matter where we're at or what we're doing. And the more we can, like you say, ponder and contemplate our own location, and the more we can let go and trust, the more we actually are guided and inspired yeah. to live in a slightly different way with huge, huge effects. Yeah. Going with the current. Yeah, going yeah. with the current instead of against it. All right, everybody, we're going to flow into a break. Don't worry, we're going to come back. We're going to find out about the Beach Boys when we get back. Uh, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, for those of you who aren't already fans, uh, we return more with Robert Williams right here on Marion Live. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've We've ordered ordered No No More More Love Love Life Life Drama Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about core certification, certificate of responsible relationships www.marianlife.com core certification learning tools to attract build and sustain great relationships also sign up for marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com what does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. Healthy Life. 
Life.net, the positive radio network. everybody welcome back whose mom does understand well the great mother understands and there is a difference right the archetype the earth the mom we're talking about paradox here we're talking about shifting paradigms we're talking about how does this affect you what are we talking about physics laws uh, i'm supposed to love i need to understand a bunch of stuff i have imaginal friends hey look don't worry get the book love is the power it's all in there Robert's story is available for you. He's going to walk you through his really incredible life story uh, and how his paying attention led to him being a foremost authority, an expert in subtle energy engineering and technology, not to mention he got to hang out with the Beach Boys and play and have an amazing career. Uh, let's just pause there for a minute because everybody's like, what? Let's just pause and talk about that before we tell them how to get in their hearts and get your heart out. So, Beach Boys, what was going on there? How'd you, how'd you do that story? It was probably the, one of the most profound experiences of letting go of any desire, being really clear with what I wanted, and completely letting go. I didn't let go in a in a technical way. On my on my third year of college, I was I had my whole life in front of me. I was going to be get my degree teaching music music major I was going to go on the road I was going to do all these great things see the world then settle down teach music out of high school and marry have you know five kids, kids. Yeah. live, live <laughs> happily after I had all perfect plan perfect plan and I was I was completely you know this is it there's no other thing I want to do third year of college um, I had to stop playing or I couldn't play for more than an hour or two because of an injury I had when I was a child. I fell off my bicycle, I broke my jaw. So what to do? I was in the dentist chair and they did an x-ray and they said, you know what, you, you cannot continue playing the saxophone because you've got an injury here and it didn't grow back right. You know, and when you place your armature, the way you have to blow the saxophone, it causes uh, spasm to happen. And you know, my jaw was actually locking from time to time, time to time. I couldn't open it, which is a horrifying experience. Imagine that. So, mm-hmm. so what to do? So I was going through a dark night of very depressed, and I discovered transcendental meditation, and that same feeling of lightness of being and joy that I experienced as a child in the backyard uh, at times when I was playing my saxophone in groups, I experienced it with doing transcendental meditation. It turns out that Remember when the Beatles went in went and visited Maharishi and Rishikesh and they all learned PM? The Beach heard Boys. Heard about it, heard about it, yeah. The, and Mia Farrell and everything. The, the Beach Boys were also part of that course. So the Beach Boys had come back, all had learned PM. Mike Love, the lead singer of the, of the Beach Boys, wanted to get away from L.A., get away from the hustle and bustle of, of, of the, that scene and record an album out where there's peace and love. And that was at Maharishi International University in Fairfield, Iowa in the mid-70s. I, having learned TM, went to that college. It was fully accredited. Hardly even brought my saxophone because I thought I was onto, you know, a new, which I was, onto a new reality. So I began playing saxophone just for an hour or two a day. That was okay. 
when the so now the Beach Boys are there and they're recording an album, they come to the place where they have to overdub the horn section, the, you know, the horns and the strings and stuff. Instead of flying a saxophone player from L.A. to the middle of Iowa to put him in a hotel and do all this stuff to get that particular saxophone part on the album, somebody told him there was a sax player on campus. That happened to be me. So get I, out of here. I got, I got a note in my student mailbox, <laughs> you know, and, you know, nobody could go to the recording studio. There was, you know, that was off limits. But I was in there, and I had to audition. I played the parts with, you know, I have to tell you, musicians out there, it was very easy. They're holding notes and stuff. But I got the gig, and there were the Beach Boys. And here I am in a studio with Brian Wilson, and I'm hearing those wonderful harmonies. I lay down the tracks. I'm on the album. And before the last recording session was over, I said, what's a lot of nervousness and a lot of, like, i got to just try to see if I can do this. I went up to Mike Love of the Beach Boys, and I said, do you mind if I just, like, be part of your band, you know? And, and <laughs> I mean, you know, I can play these parts, right? How about if I, you guys must need a saxophone player, right? Be in, be in the background. And sure enough, Marianne, they needed a sax player. They awesome. guy. Oh, my and, God. And so now I'm, I'm only 23 years old, 22, 20. And I, now I began to tour around. He said, okay, well, I had to go through some other, you know, make the yeah, long story short. And I'd meet the producer and my yeah, wife yeah. and everything. But I, I started touring with them. And I experienced on stage, and we've all had this experience one way or the other, I'm on stage, I'm in the background, so it was, I was, you know, the spotlights weren't on me, but we would occasionally get to this synergistic, magical zone as the Beach Boys, and often when we were playing the song Good Vibration, the audience, and oh my goodness, we were almost out of time, everybody would come to this higher state of consciousness, and that was a place where very few people thought about their differences. This is a group consciousness dynamic and experience that hopefully will happen more and more in different ways and in different forms as we move humanity forward. Exactly. Pure heart love is what you call it, and there are carrier yeah. waves for that. Your work, by the way, for more information, you want to go to, uh, let's see, we want to go to healtheworldproject.com for more information. You know, when we come back for our wrap, we'll talk yeah. about that. Everybody sit tight. We'll be back. Loveispower.com. Loveispower.com. Great. Back in just a minute. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. HealthyLife.net 
where positive overcomes negative. Well, we've got a big thank you to Robert Williams for joining us. Robert, what do you want to leave us with today? The basis of our consciousness, when we wake up from deep sleep, the very basis, the essence of who we are is love. This is not something that we have to earn or learn about or get down. And it is, it is the, I'm calling love the basis of our own existence. And as we reference that consciously, that naturally and very powerfully affects the entire planet and everyone else around us. And that, to me, is the most important gift we have right now, and it will always, will always be. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. Love is a power. It's in you. Robert Williams, you are awesome. We hope you come back and join us again. Thank you, Mary Ann. Thanks to your viewers. <laughs> You're welcome. You're awesome. You're awesome. All right. And everybody who's awesome knows that Teresa McCune, who's been with us before on Marian Life, she's going to be back. She's written another book. We're going to be talking about kids, the power of investing in our children right here on Marian Live, our relationship with them. In the meantime, go do something good for somebody else today. Don't let them know you did it. That's the third part of our practice. It feels Beautiful. so good. It really does. Buy somebody in line behind you at Starbucks or a whatever, piece of coffee or whatever isn't corrupt in your eyes and heart. Do it. Go do it. You'll feel good. And check out MarianLive.com for more information. We've got our rerun of the show at uh, HealthyLife.net, and you can find it on iTunes. Tell a friend, and mostly just uh, keep on breathing in and out. I wish you every blessing. Until next time, everybody, take care.